BBC Six Music. John Richardson. Hello, everyone. That's Lovers in Japan by Coldplay. It's John Richardson here with Adam and Jenny for another three hours of fun. And, well, no, nothing else. Just fun. I was going to list a whole ream of things we were going to achieve today, but let's just have a laugh, shall we? Um, I hope you are. It's cold out. And it cold. Um, <laughs> welcome to the show, which today appears to be a camp special. Um, I'm not going to be that camp for the rest of the morning. Uh, we'll get straight on with the comedy song, which this week goes by way of a dedication. Uh, regular listeners might remember a couple of weeks ago, we had a text in from uh, Pete in Thirsk, whose wife was uh, heavily pregnant and in the bath. And uh, he implored me to try and get the labour started. Sadly, I was unable. That appears to be a stretch too far for my powers, which I can change the weather when I talk about it. The weather gets better, but apparently I can't make women go into labour. Um, but now she has had her baby, Paula. Um, she was 16 days late. Could you believe such a thing? There we go. There's the campness again. Um, he says, uh, he says lovely things. Uh, the baby's called George. His wife, he says, she was a lot braver and a lot stronger than I could have been um say hello and thank my wife for being so brave um and then he ruins it slightly by saying this would be a big surprise for her and means i might get lucky later thanks pete in thirsk um so this is have you seen my wife by john shuttleworth (laughs) we go uh john shuttleworth um rightly parodying every northern marriage there i think everyone in the north of england listening to the show will uh, understand something of that and that uh, was requested by matt last week so uh coming up today uh 12 o'clock 40 will be in as usual and this week uh his 40 files will be a report on chivalry which is at my behest um after last week's disgraceful diving in the football i got riled up I didn't see much of the day last night, so I can't tell you whether my uh, thoughts have been passed on to the Premier League. I hope so. I'd like to think. I think that's why Roy Keane left, to be honest. I think he just he heard that I was having, you know, I'd had enough. Because it was Sunderland that was the dive last week. And I think he's paid the price. Um, my special guest at 11 o'clock will be... I'm going to call him one of the country's premier satirists. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call him that. Um, Andy Zaltzman will be in at 11 o'clock. If you've got any satire questions at all, because he, um, he knows a lot about most things. So if you've got any problems at all, um, just uh, text him in and he'll probably sort them out. And the thing I'm most excited about today is, of course, that it's December, which means it's time to start playing Christmas songs. Now... Every year when we've done Christmas shows, I, I always open with Chris DeBurr, a spaceman came travelling. But this year I thought, let's do something a little bit new. People have heard the same old Christmas tracks. Why not play them something they might not have heard before? So I thought each week uh, leading up to our massive Christmas special, um, we will have uh, three Christmas songs, one an hour, from different comedy genre. Um, not comedy genre, musical <laughs> genre. Although today... There's an element of comedy, I'll be honest, as we play today three Christmas reggae tracks. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm excited. You can you can dislike me, you can dislike Christmas, but you can't delight me playing Christmas reggae tracks. So uh, stay tuned for those. And uh, coming up after this will be uh, Olver's Olvent Kalendolf, uh, what we're calling. Uh, Mark Olver brings us a special guest, Christmas-related, to uh, cheer us up through the cold December. This is uh, the most recent track by the wonderful Enya. This is requested by producer Adam. Trains and Winter Rains. Trains and Winter Rains by Enya. We're playing that for producer Adam. Uh, Adam Hudson, BBC Six Music producer Adam. Big fan of the old Enya, aren't you? Awesome. Yeah, it was good, that. Return to form. Yeah, you, you're describing that as a return to form, and I'm describing it as a return to the same stuff she was doing before. But that's no bad thing. That's good form. Yeah, it's good form. So that was uh, Enya, jolly good stuff. And um, what what 
better to go after a nice bit of Enya. Like, Enya's a big slice of toast, and here's a big slab of butter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) How's that as an intro? That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, that'll do. Yeah? Yeah, no, that's fine, thank you. Yeah, cheers for that. (laughs) How are you today? No, I'm all right. I've lost my voice. But also, I was going to phone you up last night and ask uh, you and also producer Adam if you would play Terry Wogan and Ali Jones' version of Little Drummer Boy. But I thought, there's no way they'd put something like that on John's show. And then you go and play Enya. Maybe I I should have asked for it. We'll play that on the Christmas special. How's that? Okay, but make sure it's not too late to get it to number one. Um, well, it's oh yeah, it's interesting. Do you know, Ali, I was in the lift on my way up to uh, Six Music. Uh, oh, of course, because you see Ali, don't you? I do sometimes, yeah. Do you ever a, talk to him? For a few beers. Um, do you ever talk to him? No, well, no, he, he's no idea who I am, so he sort of says, hello, because he's a nice man, and I say, he hello. He does seem like a nice man. He is a nice man, but then he played his song on his own show, and I was trying to work out whether that was... That's not right, that, is it? To play your own music. And then he had to come off the back of it and go, that was me, me and Terry Wogan. Um, And then he said, go out and buy that track unless you want what we can only describe as an X-Factor Christmas, which is a direct slam from Alid. Um, Yeah, but that's all right, though, because he's uh, he's on the side of the righteous. So he's allowed to do that. I suppose so, yeah. No, I suppose so. Um, But he's a lovely man. He's in our corner, isn't he, basically? And it's a good song as well. What's our corner? Who's in our corner? Me, you, uh, Johnny Walker. Is Johnny in our um, corner? Johnny's in our corner, right. yeah. Who else? Bob Harris. Bob Harris is in our corner. Is Janice Long in our corner? Janice is in our corner. Absolutely, Janice is in our corner. Uh, Stuart McConey, Mark Radcliffe, they're in our corner. Uh, McConey and Radcliffe can be in our corner, yeah. It's quite a big I'm corner, not... this. I can't help but feel we're probably spreading into the middle of the room now. Yeah, I'm in the middle of the room. I'm not allowed <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> um, so, you've got... Um, I'm just moving on from that. Did you notice? That was good, wasn't it? Yeah, I did. No, it was really good. Um, you've got a guest for us. I have got a guest, and it's a guest that I'm quite uh, I'm quite proud of as part of what are you calling it? Ulver's uh, Christmas Christmas Ulvent Calendolf. <laughs> I'm just trying to Christmas. get your name into it. It's what they call branding, so people yeah, will no, understand. I'm, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy with I'm happy with that branding. Ulver's Christmas Ulvent Calendolf. Ulvent yeah. Calendolf. Um, yeah. Someone sent in an email about uh, advent calendars and uh, really good ones, and I can't help but feel ours is going to be a bit of a come down. I'll find the email and we'll talk about it after. We're going to have a trail and we're going to get your guest. Is there anything that uh, people should be aware of before the guest, or are you just ready to introduce them straight away after the song? Um, after we've had our guest, can you put a song that's not very good on so that the, that the listener can then phone up the people that they love because they will want to? Oh, okay. Well, we will continue with our policy to play only good music on this show, although I know it's Outcast coming up, so maybe we'll do it during that. (laughs) 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 Not not really for me. Um, So, oh, that's nice. Oh, I'm excited now. That's a good trail. Get ready to want to phone your loved ones. Um, Absolutely, It's not going to be a live ransom situation, is it? (laughs) No. No, jolly good. Okay, no. okay. Well, this is new. I think you'll like this, Mark. This is a, a Christmas, uh, Christmassy. It's not really Christmas, but it's Christmassy single from the Leisure Society. It's a double A side of wintry tracks, and it's called "The Last of the Melting Snow." Have you heard it yet? I haven't. No. It's a wonderful piece of music. So it's oh, a short right, trail, right. and then that. Okay, okay. Do I sound ill? Or do I sound sinister? 
Um, well, you always sound slightly sinister, but that's more to do with the words you say rather than the way you say them. You sound a little bit groggy, but you're pretending okay. you're real. I think you just, you knew I was going to call you at 10 past, so you set your alarm for 10.09. So I think no, you're just I've still been, tired. No, I've already uh, watched a bit of me match of the day that I skyped past. Oh, well done. Okay, can I play this track now? Okay. Thank you. What a stunker that is, if I can use the term stunker, and I think I can. That's the last of the melting snow. Uh, it's by the Leisure Society, and it's a double A side uh, with the short weekend begins with the longing. Um, and they are fronted by a guy called Nick, who used to be in a band with Shane Meadows and Paddy Considine, who then went on to make the film Dead Man's Shoes, which he contributed to as the Leisure Society. Unbelievable. So, uh, lovely piece of music. I'm joined as part of Christmas special feature, Oliver's Olvent Calendol, Mark Oliver. That's a good song, Matt. Lovely, wasn't it? It's, yeah, it's good, that. It sounds like something else. It sounds like there's a song... What's that song? Only love can break your heart. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds I nothing like, it. like that, and that is a good thing. <laughs> so before you um, bring the nation down with your singing, let's bring the nation up by asking you to introduce your special guest. Okay, so uh, my special guest, basically, uh, Olver's Advent Calendolf. Olvent Calendolf. Olvent Get Calendolf. the branding right, mate. <laughs> Sorry. Is, um, is basically all about non-materialistic ways of celebrating Christmas. And uh, what's more important, John, the, to Christmas than family? Am I correct? Money. No, no. Just oh. say yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, family, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, who are our most important members of our family? It's our older members of our family, isn't it? Yes. It's our grandparents. And so I have on, and I think he's there, Brendan from Age Concern, who uh, is in charge of Age Concern's Grandparent of the Year Award. Oh, nice. Are you there, Brendan? Hey, I am indeed. Good morning, guys. Welcome along to the show, Brendan. Uh, Brendan, can you... I'm not going to talk much because I'm a bit ill... But can you explain to John what Age Concerns Grandparent of the Year Award is, please? Absolutely. It's something we do every year to make sure that older people, and particularly grandparents, don't get overlooked. Because too often, you know, all the attention tends to focus on what younger people are doing and saying, and, and older people get overlooked. But uh, older people do contribute a huge amount to communities, and especially to families. And I guess what we're saying at this time of year is we have got nominations open if you want to go to our website to nominate somebody special in your life for this award. But equally, whether you do that or not, it's a great time to get back in touch with older members of the family. You know, they might well be people who have seen a lot, lived through a lot, perhaps had life partners die um, after 40, 50, 60 years of marriage um, or being together. And it's a great time to make sure you make that call or pop around and see them. That's and a cracking idea. And they do often idea. have cake. <laughs> Absolutely, and you're practically guaranteed a cup of tea. You know, my nan does this amazing thing with tuna fish that we'll, we'll get to later on. She sort of grates it up with carrot and onion and uh, a bit of vinegar in there and lemon juice. It's not cake, it's the opposite of cake, but it's smashing stuff. And it's literally you, something... Because I thought Brendan would be a good person to talk to, because you, lo you love your, uh, your grandmother, don't you, John? You're a very kind Both of... Both my grands are just exceptional, just proper proper grants um my my nana elsie has the best laugh i plan one day to get her on the show i have to build her up to it we're going to get her a digital radio maybe for christmas so she can learn what the show is like but then i just want to get her on and see if i can get her laughing and that'll be her just away for five minutes um, well, i also um i also thought because you know last week we were talking about oxfam and different presents yes and, 
And because the the age concern appeal this year is basically trying to get people spending more time with not just their grandparents but older people in their community. Is that right, Brendan? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 always a good thing to do. And and obviously, you guys are talking about uh, the uh, the way you do things in, in your families and uh, extended families up north, and the way we didn't do things down south. And one mm. one thing that's a proper northern value, and which I discovered pretty soon after arriving in England, is you actually talk to people even in the street. God help. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they don't want to be talked to. <laughs> yeah, that happens. Excuse me, officer. I can see you're dealing with this crime. London. And, but but what, what I was getting around to saying is you've probably got older neighbours around you as well. And I'm not saying do anything intrusive. I mean, some of them have got very busy lives and won't have time to stop for a chat. But give it a try because you might find that someone appreciates, you know, uh, a word over the garden fence as well. Perfect. Uh, uh, very quickly, Brendan, how do people go about nominating their um, grandparent of the year and what is in store for the grandparent should they be victorious? <laughs> It's dead easy. Um, you just go to our website and you'll find the details right there on the front page. The nomination forms are there to download. You can even nominate an older person who isn't actually a grandparent, but someone you know who does great things in the community. It can be someone who's done something really extraordinary or someone who's just been a rock-solid you know, granddad or grandma or, you know, all through your life. Um, so send those forms off to us. And if, if they win a regional final, then we get them together for, uh, for some special treats and, and a little prize. And if they win the national, then um, we send them off for a good day with some of their family around london and, and give them some treats and there's a little bit of money and some vouchers involved as well perfect well thank you very much brendan that's a, a smashing cause and are you uh, is christmas for you heading back uh, australia antipodean wise or are your family uh, I here now wish, i only wish it's the most expensive time of the year to go back to new zealand where i'm from so it's okay it's, it's a it's a it's a hell of a price so i'm, I'm going to be with my in-laws and, and that'll be a fine thing itself great well have a smashing christmas and thank you for talking to us delighted take care bye-bye thanks brendan Okay, um, thank you, Mark. You Spot on. Yeah, you've, you've raised the bar there. That's very good. You reckon you Was can? That all right? Perfect. You reckon you can maintain that for the next uh, three weeks leading up to Christmas? Um, I reckon I can do it. Yeah, because I also I wanted people to know that you know you might not have not much money to spend on Christmas presents, but you know going to see your grandparents or phoning them up or phoning someone up, uh, they'd love that, wouldn't they? Absolutely and, you know. perfect. What what a fine message to go into Wild Young Hearts um, by the Noisettes and uh, more from Olver's Christmas Olver's Christmas Olvent Calendolf. I'm going to get an ID made for that next week. How do you like that? <laughs> Have a great week, Mark. Thank you for that. Take care, John. Bye-bye. That's brand new by The Killers. That's uh, it's called Human. No one else is playing that yet, but uh, I think it's probably going to catch on. I wouldn't be surprised if you hear that somewhere else this week. And people will pretend that they thought of it first, but uh, let me tell you, I think those guys are going to be big. Um, so what we're doing, uh, this is what we call a, a shout-out for you, is that um, for our Christmas special, which will be um, a pre-recorded show to air on the 21st of December, we're going to do um, a Christmas special by way of... Uh, family having spoken to uh, brandon from age concern there um if you this christmas uh, will be away from certain members of your family that you'd like to speak to what we thought we could do is uh, play christmas dedications for you so if there's someone that you won't be able to see this christmas that you'd like to then we will play a dedication so you can start sending those in now on uh, 64046 or you can email john dot, uh, it's not john dot richardson is it i have a woman to do this for me anyway John on 64046. Or email. Okay, take a breath. Here goes. JohnRichardson.6music at bbc.co.uk. Wow, he has got a big one. 
Slightly embarrassed by that uh, this morning. Somehow it feels wrong. But um, if you'd like us to play a Christmas song on our show on the 21st, then start sending those in now. We've had one come in already, someone requesting uh, Frosty the Snowman by the Cocktail Twins, but there's no name on it. So uh, don't forget, if you are going to send in a dedication, remember to put your name on it. Uh, Still to come, it's nearly time. It's nearly time for our first reggae Christmas tune. And if you're nearly as excited about it as producer Adam is... I can't wait. He can't wait. He, he had the pleasure of hearing them this morning um, under new BBC policy, just in case I brought in a song that was actually just swear words and tried to slip it on the radio. Do you think it's time now, or should we wait one more? One more. One more. Okay, well, this is uh, Forest Fire by Lloyd Cole, but don't think I'm going to forget. It's a session track, <laughs> is what this is, and it was recorded at some point live. We'll tell you after. See if you can work out while you're listening to it. See if you can work out when it feels it was recorded, and if you get it right, you win absolutely nothing. That's Forest Fire by Lloyd Cole, and if you said that that sounded like it was recorded for the Richard Skinner show on the Radio 1 for the 5th of July 1984, then you were right. Um, so it's time now. It's time to play our first... Um, Christmas track, our first proper one from the world of reggae. Three reggae tracks today. We've had uh, we've had feedback on a few of the songs that we've played already today without asking for them. So heaven knows what will happen when I play this. Uh, a few people confirming that the uh, the last of the Melting Snow track by the Leisure Society that we played earlier does sound like Only Love Can Break Your Heart. Uh, D in Blackpool and Jez in SW12 saying that it sounded like it, and um, someone else saying that I am psychic with my musical choices. Uh, hi John, me and the missus have only just been having almost an argument over our vacuum cleaner and then you played the John Shuttleworth track and then he goes on to explain what the problem was and um, he sort of he, he blames it on his wife but he begins his paragraph by saying the wife which leads me to believe Phil that maybe you provoked the argument uh, the wife managed to vacuum up some water and left it for days before cleaning it out now it stinks like an old mouldy house every time we use it uh, and he says that their one-year-old uh, one is one today. Oh, well, there you go, then. This Christmas track is for your one-year-old. Happy birthday. Um, he's scared of their vacuum cleaner, so it's time to buy a new one. The wife is currently sweeping the floor with a dustpan and brush. No joke around my feet before her parents arrive for Sunday roast. She'll want to get that on soon, eh, Phil? Honestly. Um, it's an image of Middle England, if ever I saw one, especially since we can't afford a new vacuum cleaner. Um, and uh, we're on the subject of advent calendars as we had Olver's Christmas Olvent Calendol. If I say it enough, it will stop being awkward. Um, hello, John, Adam and Jenny. What do you get if you cross an archer and a gift wrapper? Ribbon hood. This is what my advent calendar had to offer me today, so basically I'm thrilled with anything else you can offer. My easy-to-please nature established, I am astonishingly excited about the reggae Christmas song and then seven-letter E's, which is a noise that I can't make, uh, but that's from Rose. And we had a cracking email about on, on the subject of advent calendars um you'll know 40 made one for me last week and uh jake says hello john i was listening to your podcast uh, on the way home the other night when 40 was talking about homemade advent calendars i wanted to tell you that your search for the ultimate homemade calendar is over my grandmother grandmother's advent calendars it's all knitting together very nicely this morning my grandmother has made me one that runs the length of my staircase and is made up of 24 individually knitted stockings and 24 individually knitted little people to go in them each little person is different ranging from the obvious santa and angel to a hula girl and a groom the whole family has been given one 
with some of the people being personal reflections of family members. That's unbelievable, isn't it? That's uh, astonishing work. So uh, this is for Jake's nan, who made that, and for Phil's baby. It's the first of our reggae Christmas tracks. Regular listeners will recognise it as a track that I played last year. It's not so much the track I care for, so much as the inappropriate nature of some of the shouty comments. It's for listeners of a certain age who is by Chakademus and Inikamosi, and those are two names that should just instil warmth in the heart of any listener who was into music in the uh, early to mid-90s. It's uh, called Christmas A Come, and after this short trail, you will hear a man shouting, Now here it is! And that's a lot of that. Well, I, I, I can't imagine that anyone isn't sat at home saying, why don't you just play the other two reggae Christmas songs now, John? I am primed and ready. Well, you'll just have to wait. We'll have another one in an hour's time. I can't say too much, but maybe maybe Inikamosi's work isn't done yet today. Maybe the hot stepper still has some work to do. So uh, two more of those to come. We've had an email from uh, Anderson in Petersfield who says, Hi, John. Do you think in light of today's age concern chat you should introduce as a one-off special love to your grandmothers today instead of love to your mothers? Well, I'm all for that. So we'll make today a love to your grandmothers special. Um, Bruce Forsyth, are you going to steal this catchphrase? Give my love to your mother. Ah, I see. He'll steal that one next week, cheeky old Bruce. Um, and we've had a, a nice email. I like it when listeners combine to help other listeners. So Caitlin's been straight on. Um, hello, Great Britain. I have some advice for the man and his wife with the vacuum cleaner. Um, I believe there are little inserts that you can buy to put into vacuum cleaners that work in a similar way to potpourri. We have little lavender ones that go in our vacuum cleaner and they make the room smell lovely after we vacuumed. Love to your grandmothers from Caitlin. Um, so that's the kind of texts and emails we want in, you see. I, I was driving along this week uh, on my way to a gig, and I heard... I See, it's a fine line. I like uh, the listeners to get involved in this show because it feels like it's us together and we can have a chat. And there's a fine line between interactivity and desperation. And I don't ever want it to look like I've got nothing to talk about. I was driving along this week, and I heard possibly the worst texter on a radio show. It was a local DJ. I can't remember what region I was in, not I'm sure, or Lincolnshire, I think I was driving through, and a DJ genuinely said, okay, uh, <laughs> you can join in today, text me on, I don't know, it's number 932 939 uh, what I want you to do is text in, please, the first number you think of between 1 and 10, think of a number between 1 and 10, don't think about it too much, just pick a number and text it in to me. <laughs> And I, I nearly burst out. And, well, it was a combination between laughter and tears, just the fear that, that I would ever come across like that. I hope I don't. Um, so you can text an email, 64046 music at bbc.co.uk. Don't ever, if I ask you to text in a number between 1 and 10, you text me and tell me to do some work. Um, but you can. Uh, pretty soon I will be joined by one of the country's finest comics, Mr Andy Zaltzman, who is a man who, as I understand it, understands most things. So if there's any world scenario that you don't understand and you want Andy Zaltzman to explain it to you, then uh, you can text in your questions now. We'll also be uh, going through the papers to find the best stories of the week with Mr Andy Zaltzman, uh, all still to come on today's show. That's The Horse by Alessi's Ark. Uh, we've had some feedback about uh, reggae track number one um, producer Adam your friend was excited about the song beforehand but you haven't heard back not yet okay well uh, we'll be hearing live from producer Adam's friend about whether she's actually gone off the idea of reggae Christmas tracks uh, Nick from London awesome tune do you remember Sting did a tune with Pato Banton what was all that about um, Charlotte in York she says, my God, this is immense. Yeah, immense, she says. If this doesn't make you smile, then you're dead inside. Please uh, apologise to my housemates, who I have just woken up with my dancing. 
you've got to do some pretty lively dancing to wake people up. That's some pretty strong bouncing on the bed you've got going on there. Um, uh, please give a shout out to my friend Abby, who's listening to the show for the first time and loving it. Love to your mother's Katie. Uh, an email in to producer Adam from Arvid. Adam, please stop John from playing his other two Christmas songs. Much obliged. No deal, Arvid. Um, Maria, uh, the last song has single handedly, single handedly mine. I could have used two. I didn't have to. Single handedly restored my Christmas spirit. I'm now entirely too happy to cope at this level for the rest of the day. Uh, that one's from Maria. Uh, Amy sheffield this is some song she says uh s-o-m-e capital letters no intero bangs or quizzy wows here the question mark simply not welcome this is exactly she says how i imagine christmas to be in the caribbean wowzer um i'm not entirely sure that's right but uh let's hope so and stephen melvin thank you for playing that i've been feeling quite gloomy today and that has put a massive smile on my face which won't go away it's not christmas until you play that song well that's my policy i've been listening to a lot of classic fm lately and I'm just waiting for them to slip it in. And uh, funnily enough, they're not playing it. It's not on their playlist. That's GMN by Screaming Lights. And before that, we had uh, Crack the Shutters by Stow Patrol. Uh, I'm joined now by the wonderful Andy Zaltzman. Hello. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. You've um, you've popped your cans on there and you've, sort of, you've pulled your hair back into it's... a sort of impromptu uh, slick back. Oh, well, that's a good look, isn't it? It is a good look. It's not one I've seen you do before. <laughs> now I know what well, you've you've, look not, like. you've not seen me pop cans on very often. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> and it's been too long. Yeah. And I'm, if I'd known this was going to happen yeah i'd have brought them the first time we met <laughs> can you just slip these on for me um yeah which brings to mind the fact that clearly we've played football together and you've, yeah. you've clearly never worn a hairband or i'd know about it no uh i, I haven't no I, I th- well i'm jewish i'm not sure it's allowed <laughs> <laughs> we had an email in uh during the week from uh mike dunbar who says uh hi team uh welcome to andy zaltzman is the comedians football at crystal palace still going on in the summers i've seen the amusing videos online he, he points out the incredible cross that i put in from a corner <laughs> that's a fact he actually mentions that it was an incredible corner um could you please ask zaltzman if he'd get it started and maybe next time not give Oliver the video camera because no one wants to see his tadger again <laughs> um it is well it is still going yeah it is still going uh, and you know i'm still dominating the midfield as well as i've done. <laughs> the old war horse in midfield you'd be it's always surprising the comedians that you don't think will be good footballers and then turn out to be the midfield is the place for yeah. comedians that you don't expect like uh, tim key and people like that tim key so he's good footballer alex horn um, someone that you, you just you don't see them in that realm, and then they come in and they play quite a physical game. Yeah, quite. A, there's a lot of comedians who they're not afraid of using the shoulder. Put it that way. <laughs> when it comes to a race, well, if God hadn't wanted us to use shoulders, he wouldn't have given us shoulders. Ex- yeah, with. and shins and <laughs> stud. Well, he didn't give us studs really, but he gave us the facility to invent exactly. studs. Yeah. I um I asked people um to text in questions for you because i kind of said that you would be able to solve anything yep is that fair? happy to john happy to um so the first one uh, is from evan in glasgow um can you ask andy where this week's bugle is i don't pay my audio news agent for a visual world just for the audio paperboy not to bother <laughs> delivering on audio time when did he send that in uh that came in at 1100 hours this was uh, literally this that, morning that is nine minutes old so it's not up... Uh, well, it should be up there. I don't know what's happened to it. We recorded it on Friday. Uh, the Bugle so, is your podcast with is. John Oliver. Yeah. 
which I am a subscriber to, Smashing Podcast. Thanks. Um, I, lo- I feel quite bad about, because our podcast of this show is basically just the bits from the show. So right. I turn up and chat with people, and if it's funny, I put it on a podcast. Yours is actually written stuff, isn't it? You we, actually... Yeah, we pr- write it probably at least 140 hours a week <laughs> just pure satire yeah and, and that's condense yeah. it into half an hour yeah well a lot of it doesn't even make the edit what you it's a three-day record isn't it yeah three yeah takes four weeks to record each one yeah. week episode it's of like, the bugle it's like a grateful dead song but condensed <laughs> a half hour podcast yeah um very good though um and uh someone so sorry sorry it's not up there but um it's pure gold when you finally get it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a well-wrapped yeah. present. Some work know, to do. Be some, I've become slightly obsessed with making up names of American sports teams. Okay, they might. I can't. I'm not. The bit I had quite a long bit. I don't know if you heard the story about the um, the New York Giants player Plaxico Burress shooting himself in the leg. No, in a New York nightclub. <laughs> That's quite a whoopsie. It is quite a whoopsie. It's possibly the greatest news story of the year. So we've, <laughs> we've gone in quite hard on that on the Bugle this year. So. Well, off the back of this, what we do is we invite a listener uh, during the week to find their bestestest news story. Right. Um, so we will... We'll we'll struggle we'll... to beat that. Really? A, okay. A, a multi-billion, multi-million dollar yeah. American sports player shooting himself in the leg. What's the British equivalent? It'd be something really depressing, wouldn't it? It'd be like, you know, Darren Bent stubbing his toe or something. Yeah, although there was, back in about 12 years ago, there was a Gillingham player who shot himself in the leg. Okay. Um, but not quite as glamorous as doing it in a New York nightclub. No, doing it in shooting. a Gillingham Greggs. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Ford was telling us the story last week of uh, was it Dwight, Dwight York who, had, who tried to lance a boil or something on his foot and, and stuck a drill bit through it. <laughs> Um, so uh, we will uh, we'll get hold of the finest news story to put to Andy Dalton if you have any more questions. And what we'll do is we'll 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 drill you pretty hard of questions. Um, I should have used a different expression <laughs> there. What is the term for uh, a barrage of questions? Bombard. That's Bombard. what I meant. All right. Okay. I will not drill you this morning. Uh, thanks um, very much, John. That's very gentlemanly of you. Yeah, it's something I do with my guests. I just like to get someone in each week and not drill them. Um, <laughs> So we'll sort of put the pressure on you, and then at the end, you can sort of throw out and you can make demands of the listeners. Right. How's that? And that, that seems fair. Yeah. So we'll have a short trailer and we'll have white denim, and then we'll uh, compete with news stories, see if uh, we can beat the story of a, uh, a, a legend shooting himself in the leg. That's Let's Talk About It by white denim. And uh, if I might do an Alan Partridge link, let's talk about the news. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty You'll go slick. far, kid. You'll go far. <laughs> i got jingles and everything on here. Um, <laughs> joining that's, me... That's your old nickname isn't it jingles and everything johnny jingles yeah <laughs> that's why i'm banned from tesco <laughs> um so joining me on the line is uh is james hello hello all. hello how hello. are you i'm good thanks how are you very well welcome to the show thank you um now we can do preamble but i know for a fact that you have a story from the rotherham advertiser Yes. And that feels like something that we shouldn't mess about. We should just get straight in there. Um, is it is it a local story of the Rotherham uh, advertiser gone global? Oh, it's still local. Yeah, yeah. I'm keeping it real. <laughs> I heard James's accent while we were playing that record, and I, could, I knew you were going to come out with a phrase like "keep it real." Sorry. A lot of people with a with a strong Yorkshire accent like that would avoid phrases like that, but I say embrace them. <laughs> Keep it real, boy. Yeah. Do you ever say boy? Yeah. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like boy. Yeah. That kind of thing. Can't say I ever have. No, save it. Save it for Christmas. <laughs> Open with that on Christmas morning. All right, then. Um, so what are the details of your of your story? Okay, there's an 89-year-old woman going through a park and her scooter breaks down. Is this a story or a joke? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it sounds like a joke, but it's a story. <laughs> okay, okay. Right, eighty-nine-year-old woman. A school breaks down in quite a large park in Rotherham. Three young teenagers go up to her and walk her quarter of a mile home, push her home on the scooter. Oh, that's lovely. And then she offers them money as a reward and they say no and walk away and they don't know who these people are. So we're on the search for hoodies in Rotherham but <laughs> so that we can do nice things for them. Yeah. And is that? do you live in Rotherham? Yes. And that's fairly... This is all on topic today. We're talking about grannies and nice things and then later on we're going to talk about chivalry. Um, and most people in Rotherham, do they behave like that? Not all. No. <laughs> Um, how, chivalrous, how chivalrous are you? If you saw an old woman on a scooter broken down, would you push or would you just sort of offer to phone for help or would you just laugh and run away? Well, I would push her home personally, but yeah. my dad, when I read this story to my dad, he just said, oh, I bet they nicked her wheels. <laughs> <laughs> the cynicism of age. There you go. Andy's answer, what do you make of that? Well, uh, it's either a fantastic act of 21st century gentlemanliness, or uh, they're just extremely low-quality criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Having shoved the old woman home and kind of confirmed and thought, ah, no, we forgot, we forgot the key bit. Yeah. We forgot nicking her purse. Yeah. But then she offered the money and they turned yeah. it down. Well, just, you know, I guess that's part of the learning process as a mugger. Yeah. You've got, you've got, <laughs> you've got, you've got to learn through failure. So you're implying, you've taken what is supposed to be a feel-good story <laughs> and implied it's, it's more of a training exercise. Um, my story, um, this is incredible. Uh, this was in this week's Metro. I don't want you thinking I'm too cheap to buy a paper. <laughs> I'm quite happy to buy a paper, but if I get it for free... This year, already a leap year, so we've already had an extra day, but because of various things like the tides, um, when they swing back, it very, very, very slightly slows the earth down. Um, so at midnight on New Year's Eve this year, we'll get an extra second. Uh, what are you going to do in that second? Um, I'm going to save it. Because um, I reckon we'll get another one soon So I'm going to save up to a time when I've got about two minutes And right. then I'm going to play uh, another reggae Christmas track <laughs> I'm going fill to the, fill the gap with Shabba Ranks And why wouldn't you? Um, so what do you reckon to that? A free second that, That's brilliant I, I think that's probably the best time to try and break a world record in something <laughs> Extra second Yeah, I suppose I wonder if that's legal yeah. um, James, what are you going to do with your free second? Um, I don't know I suggest go outside, uh, abduct an old woman and push her into the middle of a park uh, for sort of global equilibrium then. Everything will all balance <laughs> out. <laughs> um, well, thank you for your story. What are you doing with the rest of your Sunday? Uh, I am doing coursework. Oh, nice. What on? We can probably do it for you now. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's media coursework on film crews for but a music video. Film crew for a music video. Well, Andy Zaltzman, <laughs> this is your specialist subject. It is, um, yeah. <laughs> You yeah. were in Here Comes the Hot Stepper, weren't you, actually? <laughs> <laughs> the video. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I pretty much sang most of it, really. Yeah? If you get the original recordings. Just, just me. <laughs> Very hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> There's well, only the one, isn't there? Yeah. Well, in your to, loft. I, I had to sit on it for uh, <laughs> legal reasons. <laughs> um, well, enjoy your coursework. I'm sorry there aren't better things to do. Are you at least having a nice Sunday lunch or something? Uh, probably, yeah. Okay then. Um, well, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you. Um, would you like to introduce uh, "Song to Self" by Travis as your sort of way out? Song to Self. Yeah. This is "Song to Self" by Travis. Smashing, spot on. "Song to Self" that was uh, Travis. They're back, and that's what they've brought um, to the party. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Say it like you mean it, John. Yeah. No, sorry. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's. Yeah, we'll just move on. Is what we'll do there. Um, 
So, uh, revelation during that song that you've never had a Christmas tree with your wife. No, I haven't. No. You've no, had we, babies? We've had more babies than Christmas trees. <laughs> Statistically, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. I've had, uh, I've got two in my house. Two Christmas trees? Two Christmas, no two babies. Real ones? Uh, no, no. Um, right. I bought a real one one year, and then I just thought, you ca- I can't justify this. Right. Although I heard an interview with someone on the radio this year just saying, people think you've got to throw them away, but they're fairly hardy. You can keep your Christmas tree and plant it in your garden. Yeah, but then you have an ugly tree in your garden for the rest of the year. Um, well, that's, well, they're not particularly ugly, are they? <laughs> Yeah, but they're not great. I mean, uh, no one's favourite tree is... Maybe leave the decorations on. Norwegian, whatever it is. A, a Christmas. <laughs> a Christmas tree. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe that's the biological term. Leave the decorations on, and then it's nice, isn't it? Or, yeah. like, di- different decorations. What, appropriate to the rest of the year? Um, that's, uh, <laughs> that's the Christmas tree alarm going off. <laughs> um, how come you don't... Um, tick- you're well, going to decorate this year because you have a, a child have, of Christmas age. A, yeah, approaching two, so... Yeah. But you didn't them. last year, so even even though oh, no, we were away over Christmas last year, didn't okay. We? I think I think we might have put up a, a string of lights. <laughs> flashing lights or no, 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 no don't know mess on. about. Steady on. I'm Save on, on the electric though with a flashing light. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's the economist dream because half the time it's off. Yeah, even when it's on. <laughs> um, there you go. A little tip for Christmas thrift there. <laughs> um, but you're going to decorate this year. Yeah, I think we're going to we're going to bite that tree bullet and yeah. put up an ugly tree. Are you going to go for like, a, a real tree or a... Uh, a real one. Yeah? A real massive one. I'm hoping to have to drill through at least one ceiling to <laughs> this, house, this tree into the house. One of my favourite things about Christmas is watching uh, National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation with my mum and my sister <laughs> and uh, laughing at the same job. I, I mainly laugh at watching my mum and my sister laugh but there's a scene in that where they go out and get their tree. Have you seen it? No, I haven't, no. They, uh... They go out and get their tree and it's far too big and he's tied it all up and then they cut the string and you know it's going to happen, Andy, and it happens and it's still funny. Um, I'm going to decorate it with nothing but live squirrels, though. (laughs) That's another scene from it. Have you seen that? Oh, there you go. There's a scene where there's a squirrel in the tree. Well, there you go. Um, I like squirrels. Yeah. They're vermin, aren't they? People get angry about them. But but... the interesting thing with squirrels is that tinsel was actually (laughs) based on squirrels' tails originally. That's how the decoration... Is that true? Yeah. Because there was a, a squirrel's... No, it's not true, but... I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a squirrel's tail looks a bit like tinsel, doesn't it? You just, you yeah, know. it does. Wow, I'm, I'm happy to start circulating that as a fact. There you go, that's a new fact. Um, if you say a lie enough <laughs> times, it does become a fact. Yeah. That's uh, how tabloid newspapers work. Okay, well, uh, there we go. Fact number one. That's so believable as well. <laughs> well you can see that I believed it. I, can't, I wish I had a brain yeah. that could make up stuff like that. My brain just doesn't work like that. Mostly because I'm afraid to lie. Um, you shouldn't be proud of your love of lying. <laughs> but there we go, fact number one from Andy Zaltzman today. Christmas tinsel. Do you know what it's actually based on? No. No. No, it's, I think it's a graph of human happiness. <laughs> Spiralling upwards? <laughs> yeah, with little bits kind of shooting off the edge. Yeah, my, it took me ages to do my tinsel this year. I take it really seriously. I, I, yeah. I, I, it's got to be properly spaced out. And What have you? What colours have you gone with? I've just gone with a, a simple red and uh, gold I think they're Christmas colours, aren't they? Red, gold and green. Red and gold, also, of course, the colours of Melchester Rovers, Roy Race's former team from Roy the Rovers. There we go. Fact number two from Andy (laughs) Zaltzman. More to come later after Beck. That's Youthless by Beck. It's uh, John Richardson joined by Andy Zaltzman. Uh, We have more to come on the show. Uh, Don't forget, if you would like uh, to dedicate a Christmas song to someone for our Christmas special on the 21st, you can send those in 64046, at bbc.co.uk. And if you'd like to be next week's paper reviewer finding the best story of the week, then the same channels are open for you to do that. We'll 
chat more with Andy Zaltzman over the next half hour, but now it's time at 11.30 for the Six Music News. I never said that Dan Black was mine, and he appears to have got the message, <laughs> and he's, you know, he's shouting out. It's fine, Dan. I've moved on. I've got other people in my life now. <laughs> um, so, Andy Zaltzman's still with us. Um, did you enjoy Dan? Uh, it was all right. We've got to, okay. <laughs> we've got some tracks uh, coming up that you have brought in for us. I have, yes. And uh, can I get your official endorsement of a Christmas reggae track, or are you <laughs> going to reserve judgment? Uh, well, can I? I mean, I like I like it in theory already. Yeah, good, good. It, yeah, so. good. That's fine. That's all yeah. I'm asking for. I mean, just, like, just Christmas music is usually a total abomination and an abdication of two and a half thousand years of Western. <laughs> <laughs> So, reggae, I'm prepared to accept, it, it hopefully will raise that bar. Ah. Um, okay, okay, fine. Um, track, th- the, the third track, I think, it musically is the least... Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to apologise for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to. It's good. I think you'll... Well, I hope you'll laugh at it. The whole right. point is to laugh at them. Is there <laughs> no Christmas song you like from history? Um, Christopher? No, no, no. no. I no. tried to end a gig this week by getting the audience to sing A Spaceman Came Travelling by Christa Burt, and they would not bite. Really? Yeah. That surprises me, John. It's one of those things audiences won't do. So I've put that won't on my sing list. Christa Burt songs in public? Yeah. Well, it's something that no one should do, not even Christa <laughs> <laughs> I went for it. I was really giving it some. <laughs> that I got caught. I, I only agreed to do it on the backstage mic. I said, I'm not going to do it out front. It's too embarrassing. Right. But while I was doing it, someone peeled the curtain back at the point when I was doing a hand clip. <laughs> Double hand clench to the skies. Um, really going for it, I was. So, uh, questions for Andy Zaltzman. Uh, please ask Mr Zaltzman that if a banana represents the 1981 England Ashes team, which fruit symbolises the 2006-07 side? <laughs> also, forgive the slightly creepy webcam watching, but I approve of your winter beard, John. And I would like a cardigan like Jenny's. It looks very warm. Love to your grandmothers from Rose. Is that what it is? It's a winter beard? Um, I'm not sure what it is. I just can't be bothered to shave anymore. Right. It's a lazy beard. It's one of those... I get into it. I have a bit of a beard. And then I start thinking, I'm going to keep this beard. Because you do usually hibernate, don't you? Yeah. For three or four months. You don't usually see me now. In fact, this is a pre-record. This was recorded in June. Um, I'm currently snuggled up in Swindon. Um... Yeah, and then I sort of, it gets to the itchy stage, and I think, I'm not backing out now just because it itches, and I grow it beyond that, and then it seems a shame to shave it then. But right. then whenever I do get rid of it, I think, you looked ridiculous with that beard. Right, because it's struggling a bit on the front of the chin. Well, I have very though. marked areas. I mean, where it grows, it grows, and where it doesn't. And I, I say that as a man with the most pitiful beard <laughs> in the Western world. How is your beardage? It's appalling. It's yeah? appalling. I mean, I can, reg- I can shave for, you know, the once a week, and, you know, get away with it. And Wow. It's it's a source of constant embarrassment. I, I, I feel, imagine I feel unmanly not to be able to grow a, at least a half decent beard. I imagine you'd have quite a wispy beard as opposed to a wiry beard. Yeah, well, see, I've, if I were going to have a beard, I'd want it to be massive. Yeah, and at least a foot long. And <laughs> I, could, I could not shave for the rest of my life, and it would probably still only be <laughs> patchy about three millimeters. What? Um, about that chest hair? Does that lead you to believe you should have a better beard, or are you fairly wispy? No, no, throughout? I'm. Uh, I've been, um, I, I, I could not pass myself off as a bear, <laughs> put it that way. Were I to streak through a zoo, and yet in a fight, I'd be unmistakably a human being. In a fight, you're distinctly bear-like. That's right. You will pour a man to death. <laughs> 
Um, so do, do you have a fruit for the uh, 2006-07 England well, team? Well, if the 81 team, which of course heroically won from behind, uh, is a banana. Yeah. Uh, banana, of course, is a hugely successful fruit. Um, <laughs> I, I guess um, in, many, in many ways... Uh, I was just going to say, banana kind of replicates the curve of that series, but it doesn't really. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the 2006-7 uh, team, of course, wh- uh, whitewashed by Australia. So I'd guess that would be, um, I don't know, maybe uh, a kind of squashed, overripe papaya that <laughs> kind of ground into the carpet. Oh, uh, terrible. Disappointing. Could have been good had they really kind of achieved what they could have done. And the thing about grinding it into the carpet is that's going to be ranked for a long time. Yeah. If anything, the memory of that well, will get worse. Well, that's a good point, John, and, and many people think that England as a team haven't recovered from their collapse on the fifth day of the Adelaide test of that. <laughs> so, there. there you go, the stench of papaya hangs over that team. <laughs> well, it's, actually, it is a nice smell initially, papaya, but then... Yeah, that's what I'm saying, it could have been good. It wasn't, <laughs> and now it's a lingering disaster. If anything, we've proved that this analogy definitely stands up. <laughs> Um, Emily has sent in a, a number of questions and she says if any of interest please ask away so I'll put them to you and you can right. pick the ones you like okay um, what happens when you cry in space uh, <laughs> you can choose to neglect I, any I of I don't know I guess you probably feel a long way from home <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> I guess that's a, why you're crying but. a spaceman came travelling on his ship from afar really? and uh, was he in tears <laughs> or not no no he was in Christopher's imagination um, I was trying to coax you into singing Christopher there <laughs> I have to be slightly more subtle no, about it. Talk to my agent. She goes to say, I learnt this week that you can't cry up there because of the lack of gravity. Right. Uh, surely you can cry, but the, it w- yeah. would slightly affect the tears rolling well, down your would, face. Well, it, rather than rolling down your face, they might just hover in front of your eyes, kind of yeah, emphasising... Yeah, a mass. Emphasising your despair. Yeah. And making you cry even more. If and you, you just end up with a kind of wall of salty water. Yeah, if you cried for long enough, you'd drown. Yeah. Maybe that's like space suicide, <laughs> just crying until your head's in a bubble of water. Um, so apparently Buzz Aldrin came close to that when he wasn't allowed first out. <laughs> we had a joke that uh, someone sent in about Buzz Aldrin and the space landings, and I put it in the recycling because I didn't want to read it. Right. But now it's current, I wish I had oh, right. it. Well, apologies if we ever sent that joke and it's still listening. I was once in a band called Buzz Aldrin and the Lo- Moon Landings. <laughs> Were you? No. No. The fact number three. There you go. Um, where did the blue-pink rinse fashion amongst elders ladies come from that's question number two uh blue pink rinse well uh well it, it's a kind of traffic light thing <laughs> <laughs> blue rinse you're out of the game yeah pink rinse game Go on. on granddad yeah. <laughs> i'm single and i'm frisky it's a single thing okay fair enough um uh the new bbc i should probably issue a caveat there saying if you do see an old lady with black hair in the supermarket andy zaltzman's <laughs> advice that you ravish that lady is not bbc I'm not policy ravish her, i'm saying treat her well i'm saying you, you know if you play your card well, <laughs> I'm, saying. I'm not saying go in there we go without permission um <laughs> what is your favorite color pepper does anyone prefer green peppers she prefers the red ones good question that i quite like the yellow ones yeah yeah i think they they uh you know griddle up nicely yeah and uh you know with a bit of uh yeah pickle them in with some garlic lovely really yeah pickled with garlic no, no, you're a big food fan aren't i you? am a big food fan griddle those peppers and then stick them with some slices of garlic and some balsamic vinegar oh basically leave them overnight bingo wow really bingo that is pepper heaven and i speak not as a fan of the pepper wow well i'm a fan of the pepper right imagine what i'm gonna do <laughs> well i've got to be off um so <laughs> we'll just fill the next hour and a quarter with tracks this is a this is a live session track from catatonia no less um and it was recorded on the 18th of july 1996 do you remember what were you doing then 
18th of what? 18th of July, 1996. Uh, I think I was running in the 400 metre final at the Atlanta Olympics. Ah, I remember. I should have remembered. Yeah. the old hamstring down the back straight. Yeah, this is You've Got a Lot to Answer For. That was a live session recorded uh, by Catatonia, uh, Keris Matthews. Uh, Wonderful, nice. Enjoy it. Yes. Good. Um, well done, That was a much involved. quicker response yeah. than the Dan Black one. Uh, now, it's just past quarter to the hour, which means it's time for our next reggae Christmas track. Right. I'll read you an email that just to, to suggest how you can expect to feel. Okay. Hello, John. I really enjoyed your first Christmas reggae song. I was feeling really ill today, but the song manages to perk me up a bit, and if the other two are any good, I fully expect to be entirely well by the end of the show. <laughs> And I also love the comparison between you and Vincent Simone last week. Apparently I look like the Italian dancer from Strictly Come Dancing, who's dancing with Rachel Stevens. I don't have you down as a Strictly man. No. No, I'm not. No, I'm... Yeah, no, I will leave the room and sit sit in a car. I'll just pipe through the window if someone threatens. I have to to get just into it enough, because it's it's become one of our Christmas rituals now. I go away with my mum, my sister, and they're both really into it, and we watch the the final, which is at Christmas. And Christmas isn't a time for going outside and sitting in the car at the expense. So I always make sure I just (laughs) clued up enough. Um... I've only just started to listen to the show live. I don't have a specific question for Andy Zaltzman, but wondered if he could attempt to sing like the guys did last week. Can you do Barbara Chopra? <laughs> you could all have a go when Matt Ford comes in. Just a thought. Cheers from Caroline. Currently in brackets, but not from, so don't feel obliged to do the accent, Birmingham. I have well, a bit of history for well, doing people's uh, accents. I'm going to jump in on that straight away. Yeah. I'm not singing. I'm not singing. Okay. I'm not allowed to, contractually. Putting I'm the not, foot down. I'm not obl- I'm, the only person in the world I sing for is my two-year-old daughter. Okay. Right, we need to get onto the guys and have some uh, traces put in your house. <laughs> um, right, there's going to be a short trail and then there's going to be a track, which is called Ho 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 by Inny Kamozi. Um And that's simply all I'm going is to say. Is that Kamozi? Of- Here come the hot stepper. Oh, I'm go. the lyrical gangster. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Officer. No, it wouldn't even finish that. Oh, that means you're definitely not going to sing. It's it's almost legal obligation to finish that. There we go. That's Ho 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 by Inny Kamozi. Oh, 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 oh. Don't tell me you don't love it. Well, I'm not saying I love the song, but I like the fact that someone has recorded that song. <laughs> I think that's good for civilization. I'm not saying I'm going to listen to it again. Ever? But it's good to uh, it's, yeah, it's good it's to, know, to know it's out there. It's good to know that Inny has given the world that as a, as a legacy. As a gift. As a, as a gift. Yeah. Well, I think we were all smiling, so hopefully you were smiling at home when you listened to it. I think it really encapsulated what Christmas is all about. Yeah. Me. And he's addressing some quite complex issues. Be your real, I'll be your fraud. <laughs> you see, there's a lot of people not asking that question, but Innie's just like, I'm going to say it. Yeah. And he said it. Well, that's, that's what makes him Innie. <laughs> as opposed to outing. Wouldn't be. <laughs> um, Neil in Blackheath, uh, Here Come the Hot Stepper was the first single I ever bought on cassette along with Cotton Eye Joe, Rednecks. That's an odd combination. It's a big combination, yeah, isn't huge it? Com- that's, what, that's a combination you're not going to regret. That's one you don't forget, no. what your first single was. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I know. We don't forget the cat, Nigel. So, we'll have a few more. We'll do one more bit of um, people asking you questions. Right. And then um, y- the, you can make a request f- f- of the nation. Right, okay. Um, um, so, uh, help. This, is, this one starts help. So, right. I just want you to understand that. The... I'm used to people starting sentences <laughs> with the word help, usually in audiences at my gigs. <laughs> yeah, looking away. <laughs> um, Jen, I'm not allowed to join in when you. Uh, yeah. 
I realise that you're, you're allowed to be self-deprecating, but you're not allowed to join in when someone else is being self-deprecating, <laughs> are you? I obviously think you're good or I wouldn't have had you on, so I think that means I'm allowed. That's all the endorsement I need, John. Yeah. Um, Any heckle from now on will bounce right off me. <laughs> Jenny, this is from. Um, I have to go to my boss's house for a management Christmas party. Oh, yeah? Uh, <laughs> have to? Or want to? <laughs> I hate this kind of social hell. Have you got any tips for survival? Uh, survival? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, how often are there fatalities at uh, parties? At I think she means sort of social parties. survival. Oh, I see, right. I don't think he's going to be like a sniping Christmas party. Oh, well, I think what you need is, uh, a, well, I guess, I mean, a bomb threat might be too much at yeah, an occasion like to that. to get out of it. Yeah, so really, for so- you need to start provocative conversations that are going to cut through the social awkwardness. For example? Uh, so, I guess, um... Mm. Now, now you've put me on the When you say provocative, do you mean sexually provocative? No, I think, um, maybe, yeah, philosophically provocative. Oh, okay. Wow. So maybe something uh, radically anti-feminist. Or, uh. <laughs> it's a fine line between so, um, philosophically provocative and bigoted, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? That's yeah, but if it's... Who, who, who is it? It's Jenny. Jenny. So, so you know, if Jenny came She's out, one of their lot. If, Jen, if Jenny was to say, look, I don't think I should have a job because... <laughs> Then that, actually, that there, there, no one would expect that. Yeah. And then well, this would is kick off a that would lead on to a topical debate about um, secrecy clauses, which have been banned this week. Right. Uh, you know, employees used to ban their employers from talking about their salaries with right. other employees, and that's you can't do that anymore. Really. So she could open by saying, "Hey, in the face of this new freedom we've yeah. got, this is what I'm on, and it's probably less Just than wear you guys." A t-shirt. Yeah, with your salary 18 on 18 grand a year. Yeah, that would mo- look like a sort of <laughs> sexual price, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, the final Bogging. question... <laughs> what are you paying? <laughs> um, you get yours for free, and you've got a second child on the way. <laughs> well done. Um, yeah, it's good. Th- kind of like the Inikamozi thing. I'm glad there are people out there what? like you, having what? babies and children. Fertile. Yeah. People. I asked at a gig last night, I was at Union Chapel in London, there must have been a good few hundred people in there. I asked who had kids, and not one. I think people must have had kids and they weren't joining in, but I've never had such a barren audience. Really? <laughs> um, <laughs> my boyfriend Patrick, says Becky in Bradford, would like some help with his coursework from Andy, please. The question he has to answer is, and this is your specialist area, right. um, why did people begin farming in the Middle East 10,000 years ago? Any help would be much appreciated. Love to your grandmothers. I would imagine they started it because they were getting peckish. Yeah. And um, <laughs> wanted some food. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, well, why don't we plant some food? And yeah. And it'll grow. And there you go. Pop some of this grain down. Yeah, that's See what happens. Yeah. Um, now you're going to play a track for us. Yeah. Um, it's a BBC Session track, isn't it? It is. Um, I have a jingle. BBC Six Music. It's the John Sessions. Sessions. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lovely little wordplay. Yeah, lovely. thanks very much. What a pun, what a pun, what a pun, what a mighty good pun. I am Mr. Jingles. That's what they call me. That's what you call me. You want a jingle, you come to me. So, um, what, uh, what would you like to say? Uh, uh, what? Sorry, Adam was doing a sort of curious face oh, that sorry, descended on the whole studio, was right. made unawares there. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the song is uh, it's by Jimi Hendrix, and it's uh, Can You Please Crawl Out Your Window from one of his BBC sessions. Can you please crawl out your window? Yeah. And is this a sort of message you're sending out, or just that you like the song? <laughs> I think, clearly it's Hendrix's song that uh, he thought should be played during hostage situations. <laughs> Here we go then, uh, some Jimi Hendrix on Six Music. <laughs> That's Hendrix, Please Crawl Out Your Window. That was smashing, very good. Oh, 
Yeah. Oh, well, I say thank you. Yeah, well <laughs> done. Because you played the no, drums on it. No remaining members of the uh, Jimi Hendrix experience. Thank yeah. You much. No, it. no, it's only a... recently, though. We lost yes. the last, didn't we? Very sad. Tragic. Um, so, good good song to play. It's a cover of a Dylan song. And I think sort of quite merged quite easily from Eni Kamosi into that. Yeah. Sort of wasn't wasn't too much for... Well, Eni Kamosi is, you know, everything Hendrix never was. <laughs> <laughs> There's been mixed feedback on the second one. Um, we're joined now, of course, by uh, Matt Ford. He's in and live and spitting Hello? his tea back into <laughs> his right? cup. Good morning. You, you probably could Good have afternoon. swallowed it as quickly as you spat it back it's into hot. the cup. Is it? Yeah, I'm still going to drink it, I think. Oh, I no, don't, don't need to talk about this. Good, uh, good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> I thought it was quite flawless technique, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see sort of cartoon technique. You don't see a lot of people <laughs> spitting drinks back into cup. <laughs> what? Um... So we've had a text in from um, the girl who thought the first reggae track was immense. She said, I think my use of immense was rightly used with the first song. The second one is good, but not as good. <laughs> Charlotte in York. Um, Emma about to go out into the cold, but thanks to the second mm. song, bopped so much that she's warm and ready to face the frost. <laughs> um, hey, John, thanks for the catatonia, said Lauren. It was lovely to hear one of my favourite bands. I'm in bed, a bit ill, and I've studying to do, but the show is putting a smile on my face. The first reggae song was much better than the second. Interesting. Uh, love to your grandmothers. Tells you something about life, that, doesn't it? And uh, a side uh, effect of playing reggae Christmas tracks that I hadn't anticipated from Rach. Um, sweet Jesus, I just walked in on my dad bogling along to this song. I may now be scarred for life. I'm scared and confused. Bogling? Uh, yeah, dad bogling. Right. Do you know what a bogle? <laughs> oh, no, I'm not familiar with that. Ba 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 that sort of thing. No, that's scatting. <laughs> um, What's... A bogle is a... You youngsters live in a different world to me. It's a booty shake, I believe, a bogle, isn't <laughs> ah. it? You know, when you... Like what, um... Those chicks do. Yeah, well, the comedian Rob <laughs> Deering does it to uh, a Destiny's shake. Child. Park. You drink a booty shake when you wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Every morning. Um, yeah, we'll put it this way. If you could imagine your dad doing the dance move you would least like to see him do on a Sunday Grinding. <laughs> it's pretty much a grind, yeah. It's Char Charleston for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then just someone saying uh, an anonymous text. No, 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 exclamation mark. My God, but this is Paul. <laughs> so, um... Um, mixed messages. Still a third reggae track to come that I think will get Why? us back on track. Right. Why is this reggae thing? I just Why thought not? it would be nice to play Christmas songs that people might not have heard before. Ah, rather than yeah, Slade yeah. and all that. We'll play them on the Christmas special, but it'd be nice to... Have a bit of an alternative Christmas. So, three reggae tracks. So, um, Andy Zaltzman, we haven't mentioned this, but you have a, a book out now. I do, yes. About how to beat the credit crunch. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I introduced you by saying that you knew everything, and I you've rightly it. taken on the mantle to fix it. Yeah. It's taken you a little while. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now it should be dealt with. So the book's out now. It is out now. And um, Credit Crunch dealt with by... By what? By basically means of lies, really. Right. But, I mean, date-wise, we're looking at a fix to this. Oh, I see. Uh, well, I would hope by Valentine's Day 2009. Okay. I hope everyone can enjoy a nice romantic Valentine's Day without having to worry about the impending economic meltdown of the entire world. That would be a nice gesture, wouldn't yeah. it, if it was fixed? But Valentine's Day is always one of the first dates in my diary for the next year. <laughs> it's as if people email me knowing that if you're looking to book a comedian, probably get Rico on board if you're doing nothing else. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I think I've done the Leicester Comedy Festival on Valentine's Day for the last two years. <laughs> get all the singletons, because my audience is always full of people like me, because couples know not to turn up and start canoodling on the front row in my gigs. I remember doing a gig with Pitcher, in, I can't remember where it was at, a speed dating night, so everyone was there on their own. It's the most bizarre audience I've ever seen. 
Yeah. So he couldn't, he couldn't do any banter with them, say, hey, uh, group you over there, because everyone was just sat there on their own. Yeah. No one was with a mate. Funny how that was the gig you decided to turn up with. <laughs> hey, mate, I'm doing a gig. Where is it? Speed dining night? I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> Time to start, eight o'clock. I'll get there early. I'll get there when does the seven. event start? <laughs> um, I would like, uh, last week we had a barbershop quartet in, and they sang uh, barbershop music, right. obviously. I tried to get them to do Christopher, they weren't having it. <laughs> um, I thought uh, we could have a, a book reading this right. week, it's something we've never done on the show, but uh, some of the past in your book the analogies for how we've got into this mess are fantastic thanks john particularly like uh, homeopathic money was a yeah. favorite of mine <laughs> explaining the principle of how regularly it's been lent so the strength of the money that we deal with now is about one yeah. percent it basically doesn't exist yeah and you can hold a physical 10 pound <laughs> and that is just a mirage <laughs> basically a one p piece but my favorite section uh, was the um, the book is sort of it's questions from uh, real people well, made-up people. Made-up people. Computer-generated members of the public. Um, and you, you answer their questions. Yeah. So um, this one is, is based on a, a parable from the Bible. That's right. Um, and I thought you could read that for us now. Yeah, it's basically explaining uh, how uh, none of the money exists, basically. Yeah. And uh, so here it is. It's from a question from Hadrian Stoop, age 63, a breakfast accessory inventor from Twickenham. <laughs> And uh, the answer to this is the origins of this the oranges the origins <laughs> of this form of alternative finance can be traced back to biblical times. The recently discovered and as yet unpublished Gospel according to Alvin offers a <laughs> radical new version of one of Jesus H Christ's most famous miracles. The story goes that Jesus, then his in his late twenties or early thirties, had just finished a particularly long and involved new parable in front of a sold out five thousand strong audience <laughs> at an outdoor festival gig. He noticed that his crowd was looking quite tired and hungry. So in lieu, in lieu of his usual dead mouse live mouse encore he promised to give the crowd five loaves of sliced white and two whole cod from his dressing room brackets his contractual rider at all of his major shows by this stage of his career he then buttered four of the loaves filleted and mashed the fish and shaped it into thin rectangles which he then covered with breadcrumbs from the fifth loaf after a quick whiz in the frying pan jesus lent a fish finger sandwich to each of his 12 disciples even thomas who was vegan and andrew <laughs> who had hated the smell of fish ever since being shoved into an aquarium on a school trip <laughs> The self-proclaimed son of God told the apostles to pay him back whenever they could, hopped on his magic donkey, winked at the crowd, and skedaddled. The devout dozen, being good Christian men, felt guil guilty about being the only ones with food in an increasingly bemused, ravenous, and restless congregation. Therefore, each disciple lent his fish finger sandwich to a member of the audience. Inspired by this example, those spectators then passed their food onto the people sitting next to them, who in turn lent it to the people next to them, and so on and so on. Eventually, twelve people sat in the back row, were left clutching somewhat soggy and misshapen fish finger sandwiches, while each of the remaining 4,988 people in the capacity crowd was owed one fish finger sandwich. In this although Jesus technically did not actually feed the 5,000, he did enable them all to go home knowing that they were one fish finger sandwich in credit, <laughs> which they could call in whenever they felt like a snack. Though by no means his most impressive piece of magic, its value as a PR exercise was incalculable in terms of raising Jesus' profile. Experts consider this miracle to have been second only to the crucifixion in terms of increasing public awareness of what some PT used to refer to as brand Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Furthermore, and of longer, greater long-term consequence, the Middle East's then number one ranked messiah had invented the principles of modern banking. Perfect. Um, the book is called... It's called Does Anything Eat Bankers? and 53 Other Indispensable Questions for the Credit Crunched. And it's everywhere. Um, it is literally every yeah. you can't move now <laughs> yeah. without seeing a copy. Um but you're gonna stick around for a little while maybe. Yes, you're, happy to. Basically what I do now with guests is just announce you're free to leave when this is no hostage situation. <laughs> okay. like to stay. What we do next is we weigh Matt Ford. Uh we're oh, trying right. to get him out of obesity so that he can enjoy his Christmas. Yeah. Um, okay. 
from the look on his face, it could be an interesting one this week. We'll find out after Glas Vegas. That is Please Come Back Home by Glas Vegas, and Matt Ford is standing ready to be weighed this week. I have to say, yeah. when you walked in this morning, you are looking visibly slimmer. Yeah, yeah. You look I much have. healthier and, Thank you. you know... But as I pointed out, also, he's yeah. wearing a gingham shirt, and that is a notorious slimming fabric. That's yes. why people use it on picnic tables. <laughs> really? Is that true? <laughs> oh, sugar, man. Fact <laughs> number five. <laughs> it's, um... D- 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 this week, I played some sport. What, played what one? Two hours of tennis on Friday. Right. Who Virtua, against? Virtua tennis? Against Palomine, Mark. Right. What, he, what's his world ranking? Uh, world <laughs> ranking, he, he, he can't be in the top 40. Right, He'll be okay. out of that. Right. Be, he's probably... He, well, he's not... He won't be ranked on a global right. basis. Is he better or worse than Alex Bogdanovich? <laughs> <laughs> he's better. He's, he's probably Obviously. better than him, yeah. Um... We'll start, before we weigh you with, uh, let's start with uh, an email of support from the week. This one's coming from Chris in Bolton. Dear 4D, I'd like to offer my support in your battle to lose weight, which you seem to be winning. Yeah. I too am a big bloke, but since you started your journey, it's made me finally do something about my weight. I started off at 16 stone 4 three weeks ago, but since I've been dieting along with you, I've lost 12 pounds in just over two weeks. Phenomenal. We'll Well add that to our, we're we're adding a show tally of how much weight we can get off the nation by Christmas. Um, you're an inspiration to all of the big people out there who want to do something about their weight but haven't had the driving force to push them until now. Well, he says, you are my driving wow. force. Crikey. Hope all is well, Chris in Bolton. P.S. If you need any exercise ideas, I've been going swimming three times a week, uh, good doing 40 or so lengths, and the weight has dropped off. It's with swimming, the advantage of swimming as well, no one really can really tell that you're sweating. Yeah, what a lovely image. That's really put wet. me off They can swimming. tell you if you're drowning, which is <laughs> yeah. my problem with it. Because everyone's wet, so you don't Yeah, look. no, that's really, that's really made me want to go swimming. You're basically saying no one can tell that you're swimming through other people's if, sweat. If you were swimming a shark tank, you lo- lose weight even. <laughs> <laughs> Half your body weight. I was, um, I wasn't feeling very well yesterday, and I came in on the tube, and it's as if people were deliberately trying to sneeze in my face and I kept having to hold my breath for upwards of a minute because if someone sneezes and doesn't cover their hands even if they're on the other side of the tube I can't breathe newspaper that's what you need that's not going to block it is it it's all around what's the sort of outbreak surgical mask um, yeah, it looks a bit weird, though. You look like yeah. Shredder off the turtles. <laughs> I prefer to just bring on a, uh, a fit by right. holding my breath, yeah. and I think that gets the message across. <laughs> it's disgusting. There was a story in the paper this week about how far it travels within a minute when someone sneezes, and then it goes out in the air, and it's yeah. on the handrails and on the So door. it's everywhere anyway, mate, so just chill out. It's, this, yeah. this place is full of it. Riddled. Yeah, um, who cares? Okay, the delaying right, is okay. over now. Oh, okay. how, so, how far does it go? Um, I mean, like, we're like right, miles, we're d- no, no, well, 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 it's more the speed of it, like, within right. a minute it's travelled hundreds of metres, you know, it's Phenomenal. on the other side of the carriage and... That's a big sneeze. Yeah, are they... Was well, this on a moving train you're talking about? Um, I'll be honest, I didn't read the article, right. I just, someone told me about it, well, I heard it on the radio, I think right. I made it off, yeah. I think I dreamt it, right. <laughs> I think I watched Outbreak and then I dreamt it. You just saw a dog running through a pipe. <laughs> I bet a sneeze can go faster <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sneezes are really fast, aren't they? Yeah. A hundred and something miles an hour. Phenomenal rate. Yeah. So, last week you'd lost weight. Yeah. um, And you were at about 98 and a half kilos. 90 something. 98 and a half, I think. So, if you get big guy. I've eaten a... Lunch times and breakfast have been very good. Right. Evenings. Not so good. Is this going to be like a boxing weigh-in? Is he... Oh, yeah, of course. Well, we've had emails in asking you what you make of uh, Nottingham legend Carl Frotch. Absolute legend. Yeah. I, met the him at the Forest, yeah, I met him at the Forest game last week. Yeah. 
as I said. And then so he won he the punch, fight. Did he punch you in the fight? I didn't. He's good at that, isn't he? He's very good, yeah. He's professional. I watched it. I watched the match last night, and I know people talk about boxing. What was it on? What channel was it on? ITV, mate. Man. The enemy. Um, <laughs> I watched it, though. I'll probably get sacked now. <laughs> um, and I was... Ch- I, people are like, oh, it's a skill and it's an art and all that. And I, my instinct is just to say it's just men punching each other and see who takes the most damage. And I've no time for it. But I thought, well, I'll watch it and see about the craft. And I can see within the ring there are laws. But when you see the crowd <laughs> and it's yeah. just fat men standing up shouting, jab him, do him! You think <laughs> that is no- not a Nottingham accent, mate. <laughs> it was, it was, was Nottingham, from Nottingham Arena last night. All right. Jab him, do him! <laughs> and his, his mum was there screaming at him. And you just think, Brilliant. that's not... Oh. Proud of a son. He's a legend. Oh, you can be proud. He's but the world champion, to mate. To be fair, you know, anyone's mother, if they're seeing, watching their son <laughs> with an, another man trying to smash them in the face, yeah. he's going to shout out for their son. Well, <laughs> I, I hope they'd shout, like, curl up into a ball or <laughs> run, rather than police. hit him harder than he's hitting you. <laughs> Reason with him for crying out loud. <laughs> Just give him what he wants. Punch <laughs> him in the eyes. <laughs> um, so I'm right. not really sure. I mean, obviously, if I came face to face with Carl Froch, I'd tell him. As you I know, did. That he was a, what did you say, you're a ledge. Yeah. That's your usual go-to, isn't it? Yeah. Said it to Blair, said it to Frotch. <laughs> right. I can see a book in five years, 4D's ledges. <laughs> Blair, I think a lot of Frotch. people would like to Window. see Frotch and Blair in the same room. Yeah. Over 12, three-minute rounds. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Up right. you get, son. 98.5 last week. Hudson is bending in. 200 and... <laughs> oh, damn it, damn it. This does not look uh, the initial oh, findings. Uh, oh, you've got your cans on. Do you want to take your cans off? Yeah. There we go. That's just keep, keep your, keep your pants you have to do on. Just keep your pants on. He has threatened to take it. If he hasn't washed his jeans for a couple of weeks, he Dead takes his jeans off. Dead on a hundred. Hang on, let's just try it again. Let's just try it again. These oh, yeah, in case you've lost weight in the last three seconds. The calibration is... Per- you've gone up again. Come on. Mate, mate, I had a hot chocolate before I came in and some chocolate orange. I'm getting sabbed here. As if that's an excuse, as if I'm going to go, oh, well, that's all right. Hang on, that's below 100. As long as you've only put on weight because you've been eating chocolate in the mornings, then that's fine. (laughs) 99.5. 99.5. You need to get down to 15 stone in a week, (laughs) or you're not having your Christmas present. Which arrived this week. I signed for it. This it's in my living room, and what I'm going to have to send it. Does back. he know what it is? He's not allowed to I, know. I just know it's something to do with Stuart Pearce. Something to do with Stuart Pearce. Is it Stuart Pearce? So he's number it's seven. Not Stuart, <laughs> it's, not it's not Stuart, Stuart Pearce's Pearce. seven head, is it? No, no, oh, not good. his head. I couldn't couldn't really afford the head. I've got a, a smaller piece. <laughs> there we go. Don't forget to watch Lewis Hamilton win that. Um, <laughs> we're now going to play something by Muddy Waters, who yeah. is number one on Andy Zaltzman's book of ledges. Yes, he certainly is. Um, this track. It's like liquid truth, Muddy Waters. <laughs> liquid truth. Like, listening to Muddy Waters is like drinking liquid truth. Okay, well, here we go. Here's some liquid truth. And uh, the message of the truth is can't get no grinding. That's right. So, uh, anyone who is hap- if we've got anyone who is on a lathe or <laughs> something at the moment who happens to be grinding, can you stop grinding because Muddy Waters says you're not allowed to? This is can't get no grinding. There we go. Can't get no grinding. Um, and that's what's the matter with the mill. That is what's the matter. That they can't with the get mill. no grinding. Yeah. Which for a mill. Oh, like a, a windmill. Yeah. Yeah, an old grinding mill. And if you can't grind in a mill... Where can you grind? Yeah, so they've gone to muddy. The bedroom. Can you spread the word? Because we're having a bit of beef with the grinding. That's right. It's becoming more trouble than it's worth. (laughs) Smashing stuff, that. Very good indeed. Well, I had that my wedding disco. <laughs> Brilliant. What, what else featured at the wedding disco? Uh, quite a lot of stuff by people who died before I was born. Yeah, um, that's the kind of message you want to send out at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget about death at this time of yeah. joy, joyous celebration. Um, do you want to um, 
We're going to unleash you now to go and have uh, lunch with your wife. Thanks it's very a much. a lovely thing to do of a Sunday. Yeah, it is. Do you want to help one more person before you leave? Or should we? Yeah. Um, this is Matt in Wrexham. I have a date for the first time in months this week. Right. Do you have any do's and don'ts? I'm out of practice. And what better man to ask? Because <laughs> you were a real dog before you got married, I bet. <laughs> Hound. Uh, I was a dog in the sense that uh, wasn't <laughs> a allowed out very often. <laughs> Did you, um, you met your wife at uni, didn't you? Yeah. So yes. you would have just had school days, really, to get your... And I, I was going to say, get your docking off. <laughs> <laughs> That's something very different. And I went to an all-boys school, so... Oh, um, back at the bank, a boy! <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I had a, an illustrious career in uh, romance. <laughs> so, for Matt in Wrexham, one do and one don't for the date. Uh, well, I would say don't... Uh, don't... <laughs> Get it out to her. <laughs> don't eat red meat. That's my tip. That's your tip, is don't eat red Not meat. Not on the first date, because the effects are disastrous. Okie dokie. Um, <laughs> well, if you are going to eat it, at least cook it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One Kill my, it first, for God's yeah. sake. One of my favourite bits of uh, Pete and Dud is where they're talking about tips for dating, and Dudley right. Moore just says, <laughs> get it out, put it in her hand and cry. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'll say it's probably a do and a don't. Yeah. Um, oh, my tip for you, Matt and Wrexham, would be to pick up the bill. I think always pay the tab, and uh, that that deals with what we'll be discussing with Matt Ford after the news. We're going to play Winter Sleep before the news, but um, chivalrous. You just don't always pick up the tab, even if there's that awkward. Let's go Dutch. It's the 21st century. I say just. And what don't it, don't, do don't scream do too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a bigger one. Don't start I mean, sweating. And f- if you're having dinner in a nice romantic yeah. Italian restaurant, don't scream. I don't, I don't care how scared you are. Yeah. Just, that's that, that, that's women, the bigger one. Women don't like that. If need be, do go Dutch, but don't scream in her face. <laughs> and when you to, to be surprised by the bill, when you're adding it up in your mind, add on a couple of quid at each dish, and then it's cheaper than you expect it. There we that's go. A lovely tactic. That's my little. How tactic. many dishes are you ordering? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, quite a few. So, and uh, thank you for coming in. It's Pleasure. been a delight having you in. Um, the book is "Does Anything Eat Bankers," uh, and I would urge that you do it. Um, someone's got a profit here from the credit crunch, <laughs> and it might as well be Andy Zaltzman. Uh, this is "Archaeologist" by Winter Sleep. That's Williams's blood by Grace Jones. It's John. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Do you want to? Do you announce this one? Do it that like was a... Williams's blood <laughs> by Grace Jones. You should dedicate that to the Knots Bloods. That's dedicated to the Knots Bloods and Carl Froch. You can stop repeating everything now. Super middleweight champion of the world. It's our last 20 minutes before we hand over to the Music Week. We have legendary cream drummer Ginger Baker. I like a bit of cream. I like a bit of ginger. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, shall we do this? Six Music. John Richardson. These are the 40 Files. This week's 40 Files is about chivalry. Uh, this is the first one we've actually added and doing this for you. Yeah, this was a, a request. Treat, yeah. Uh, now, chivalry uh, is the art uh, or the, 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 the noble trade of being nice to women in particular is what people think. It's actually an old code used by knights, so rules for jousting and engagement. Should so you joust with a woman, should you? No, indeed. Well, this is where chivalry really is, was about the rules of engagement during a joust or a fight. So you would, if you, if you knocked a knight off his horse, you'd wait for him to get back on his horse before you would, you would go again, you wouldn't finish him off while he was on the floor. So it's about honour. Uh, and in modern times, it's become a byword for men being nice to women type stuff. Obviously, it's quite hard for men like me and you, who believe in equal rights to an extent. 
<laughs> to, um, to know where to draw the line because uh, uh, some women actually do take offence if you hold doors open for them and stuff like that. My best trick is to just hold doors open for everybody, man or woman or child. Yeah. Um, so that's one way of getting around it. The only thing that does annoy me, I have to say about chivalry, uh, is this idea of women and children first on boats if, if they're going down. <laughs> right. Total nonsense. If you right. believe in equality, then it's 50-50, innit? Every or, man for himself. Yeah, every man or woman. Well, no, half men, half women. But what about kids. children? Children well, first. Boys and girls, then. Children first. Yeah, children first. Men then, second, then women. Then equal numbers of men and women. Okay, fair enough. It's just ridiculous. Men who've worked their whole lives to provide for their family just sinking on a boat. <laughs> Bang out of line. Anyway, and then she escapes with the goods. Is that I think enough? I've picked the wrong person <laughs> to do a 45 inch. This has turned from, yes, well, shivery. Just knock them out. Just knock them out. Get to the door first. Um, and y- you did ask me to find, because I've got, a, a, like you say, I've got an eye and an ear for a scoop. Uh, I've had yes. a funny, funny little of ice cream this week. <laughs> funny little law. Um, it is legal in this country for a pregnant woman to relieve herself anywhere she wishes, including a policeman's helmet. Wow, hat. Okay, so okay, good. We yeah. should have told this to so Andy Zaltzman. His wife is about to give birth, and he's gone off to meet her. And he's just joined the force, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> She might be desperate for a wee, and uh, now she could just go where she likes. So, so that really is that shri- chivalry enshrined in law. Um, it's that not we... so much chivalry, is it? Well, if a copper, I mean, let's the face chivalry it, the thing is for a man not to point and laugh, I suppose. Or go, bloody hell. <laughs> what you doing, darling? I'll carry a bit of weight around. You don't see me doing any street, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yes. Ray Winston. Is he in the papers today? He must be somewhere. <laughs> Ratting on about something, something. about bin collection. <laughs> about women. <laughs> You've got a special guest, haven't you? I have got a very special guest. I have got um, Jean Broke-Smith. From Ladette to Lady. And Faking It. Yes. Um, she knows all about the rules of chivalry. And she's going to tell us some. I'm going to ask her about it. And just really, on a serious point, it is quite hard to know whether you're meant to mm. be nice or whether that's patronising, so... Good, well, we'll find, find out after this session track, which is, uh, for what it's worth, um, well, it is for what it's worth, uh, by Talk Talk, and it was recorded in 1983. For what it's worth by Talk Talk's John Richardson and Matt Ford on yeah. Six Music, discussing chivalry as part of Matt Ford's 40 Files. Yeah, another exclusive this week. And yes. I'm joined now to help uh, young men like yourself and I. Um, yes. Jean Broke-Smith. Hello, Jean. Hello. Hello. Now, Jean, you're an expert on chivalry and etiquette. Well, I hope so. <laughs> so do I. Um, <laughs> um, Jean, for, for, for men like me who uh, respect women uh, but also want to be polite, yes. it, just guide us through. Is it well, okay? They both come together, don't they? Respect and uh, exactly. You can be polite. You've got to respect somebody. Absolutely. Um, so is it okay to hold doors open for ladies? Yes. Oh, of course it is. Really is. I mean, I was horrified the other day when I was going through a swing door of a hotel and this man rushed past me. I mean, he could see that I was carrying, you know, lots of files and work things and he just went straight through and uh, I was shocked. Horrible, man. It's difficult, and, um, though, with a yeah, swing I mean, door. I think, it's, you know, it's, it's just these little things. I know that we've been through years and years ago when, you know, the feminists, who yeah. didn't like the doors open. You know, I could do it as well as I can. Well, I still love it, and I think an awful lot of women still think it's, it's just that little bit of something. And also, I have to say to you too, it's very nice if the woman should say thank you. 
Oh, yes, absolutely. Because, you know, it's no good if you open a door and, um, you know, the girl or woman or whatever walks through and just ignores them. So I think it, it, it works both ways. I often think that's part of the problem. People discuss that, you know, chivalry's disappeared, but I think a lot of the problem is that we live in these big cities now where you're, you might not see the person. In the old days when we, we knew our communities, you had to say thanks because you'd see that person. I think now people sometimes think, I don't know who this stranger is, I'll never see them again, so they just go through the door and they leave. Yeah, and I think that the problem is, I mean, it, 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 it's something that everybody always says to me, oh, we're, you you know, we live in London or, well, you know, we're in London, but in a big city, everybody's in a hurry. Yes, we are, but there's still two seconds to say that little word, thank you. Mm. And it takes two seconds for somebody mm. to open a door. So, and even, I don't know whether you're going to ask me, should a man get up, uh, give up his seat for somebody? Mm. Are you going to ask me that? Yes. 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 Should a man give up his seat for somebody? Yes. That was my question. Sorry. Oh, I, I, you, you can start the question again. <laughs> <laughs> no chivalry in the studio. He who gets in first wins. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you know, it, I think it's, it's very important. The trouble is that I hear from men that they give up their seats sometimes and wonder if, you know, thinking somebody's possibly a pregnant lady and it happens to be somebody who's quite large... So I think that's why men get a little bit, um, you know, dubious about it. Also, I've actually, I mean, even the other day, I, I, I take buses quite a lot. And I have been given my seat, uh, a seat for me, sorry, given by a, a very nice young man, actually, which yep. is very good. And I've accepted and, um, and thanked them. And I think it's very important. But I think the problem is, and I've heard women do this, Somebody offers them a seat, and they say, oh, no, thank you, and that's mm. the wrong thing. Yeah. It's embarrassing, isn't it, for, it for is, the person who that, offers? that, that well, young or old, that man will never give up his seat. C can I be honest? Else. One of the reasons I'm sometimes... I always give up, obviously, for the elderly or people who are struggling, um, but <laughs> one of the reasons I'm sometimes wary of doing chivalrous things, I don't want to look like a perv. Like, or a creep, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or a creep, I don't want to Well, that's also an issue, is I think up, we know. do live in a much more sexualised yeah. society, and there, it perhaps is deemed as... <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's like everything. Life has changed, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's not only talking about the manners and respect, and, and um, as we're talking about etiquette today, but, you know, we've still got a little bit of a fear... I, even I do, even though I'm a, a, a London person, mm. of wondering whether somebody is walking behind me going to attack me. So I think that, you know, we've got this this inbuilt at the moment that if somebody opens a door, offers us something, there's something behind that, yeah. which I think is quite sad. Yeah. Um, well, so the message is just, if in doubt, just go for it. Just do nice things for people. Exactly. Well, I mean, don't you two boys think that, you know, if you do it and somebody gives you a nice smile and mm. says thank you? I love a smile. Particularly if they're a very uh, exotic-looking female, you'd like even more. Exotic? I think like Pocahontas. And also there's that, that, that word that we seem to have lost, or a lot of the young and some of the old, um, of, of, of saying thank you for even gifts. And, and, and all these things now, and particularly as the festive season is coming, I think that that makes me so cross because, you know, just you can give somebody, whether it's a, a really expensive present or a, or mm. a cheapy present, but people forget to say thank you. Can I get on record now and say thank you uh, for coming on and discussing that with us? I don't, oh, I don't want well, to forget. Um, it's very nice to speak to you too. And lovely Both to speak you. to you. Jean Brown-Smith, thank you very much for joining us. You're very welcome. Take thank care, you. have a good Sunday, bye-bye. Bye-bye.
it's time now, having sorted that out, I'm going to be chivalrous and offer to the nation our final reggae Christmas track. Um, there are people staying up. There are people in America for whom it's four o'clock in the morning who are staying up to hear the third reggae Christmas track. What? Obama. The title, and I'm not lying, this is Santa Claus is Scarting to Town. <laughs> there we go. Worth the wait, I hope. Santa Claus is going to town. Next week will be our soul Christmas. We will be playing three soul tracks that really? you might not have heard. Yeah, all about Christmas. Can we do a Johnny Cash Christmas one? There's a Johnny Cash Christmas album out. We'll play that on the Christmas special. Yeah, that. all right. And yeah, if you yeah, have yeah. any more dedications for the Christmas special, keep them coming in. JohnRichardson.6music at bbc.co.uk. If there's people you won't be seeing at Christmas that you'd like to, there's just time to squeeze in. We have to hand over to the music week all your shout outs for the week. Okay. So we'll do them all at once. Yeah. I'll read out everyone who's getting one, and then you just do everything you've got for this okay. shout out, okay? Um, dear John Ford in the gang, last week you read out an email from a listener in Norway. It was a moving story, but I was upset that you fact they read the email. I've sent you many emails over the year and never got one read out in the show and i'm from brazil and listen to the show Whoa, every week hola. so gus nito in brazil he's uh, having part of the uh, shout out hello john can i have a shout out please it's the first time i've heard the show live and loving it great songs what more could a girl want from nina in peter lee so she's having a bit of it um ellie and rosie <laughs> ellie and rosie are getting the shout out because they say they email in and text a lot and we never read it out um so they can have it alex from seattle is a listener who stayed up it's 4 a.m stayed up to hear that last right. reggae christmas track and um Max says, can you please do a shout-out for my dead hamster, Splodge? <coughs> Have you ever done a shout-out for a dead hamster? No. There we go. Um, could you do your, your big shout-out then, please? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> there we Tarzan-esque. go. Tarzan-esque. Um, cracking feedback on All the uh, ledges. Robin Birmingham. That last Christmas track was easily the best one. Was that 4D on backing vocals? Was that you going skiddy bop, skiddy bop, skiddy bop? Yeah. I'm everywhere, mate. Um, wonderful. So that's the end of another show. Oh. Gone quick. Oh, next week we'll be joined by the wonderful Pappy's Fun oh, Club. Oh, can't wait. I that, spoke to them yesterday. They're well up for it. That's going to be a cracking show. So, um, whatever you're doing this week, take great care of yourselves. We'll end, as we always do, with our big intro, and I have just, in the last 30 seconds, lost the email. No, I haven't, I've got it. I knew I was great. Um, <laughs> Anne Wright uh, says, My year in lists by Los Compasinos. Cracking lyrics to, You send me stationery to make me horny. Nothing says I miss you, quite like war poetry carved in your door with a Stanley knife. Have a great week. Love to to your mothers and today on our grandmother's special love to your grandmothers take care of yourselves have a great week bye bye bbc six music